Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 117. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And each week, mixing a bit of geeky pop culture chat with um, potentially some news, if there's been some, as well as reviewing something that's been adapted from the games or comic book industry. Yes. And before we get started, if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Um, please also remember we do have Ko-Fi. Um, Ko-Fi is something where you could just click a link and donate any kind of monetary value that you would like. You know, from a few a bucks, pound, any currency. A, a pound, yeah, pound, dollar, uh, whatever you would like, yen, Australian yeah. Whatever you want to kick in the pot, uh, it's all appreciated. So, <laughs> um, so before we we got started, me and Jasmine both saying we've both had busy weeks. So, mm-hmm. uh, show is going to be split up. Kind of, I've watched a couple of things. I didn't watch the Oscars. Jasmine did. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I actually, for those who like you, finished off season four of you five episodes. I did it in one night. Uh, that's wow, unlike, that's that's unlike you. Uh, 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 use addictive, use addictive. I could not uh, wait, <laughs> so uh, I had to watch it. So I had to know. And uh, have you, by the way, have you watched you? I watched the first season and then I never picked it up again. I think you should. It's now heading in a territory that I, I don't. I think season five will be very different. Oh, okay, uh, in a good way so, or. I think we're going to start seeing a much darker world now. I, I mean, I love the dark stuff. No, it, it, so I think season one, two, and three were, de- and and I and the start of four were very much the same formula that Joe wanted to find love. He would get entangled in things he shouldn't have got tangled in. It. Mm-hmm. He'd kill people. I mean, you know, as you do. He, but and then there was always someone to save as well. Mm-hmm. Like in the first one, there was the little boy who lived in the stairwell, mm-hmm. yeah, lived in the flat above or, or the apartment above. Um, in, in season two, there was General Tiger's character who was in um, another room in the apartment complex she, he was in. Um, I can't remember season three, but it was similar again. There was mm-hmm. always someone he tried to save. Season four introduced a very similar character and that has a very different ending season mm. four. Um, and they they definitely turned the tables on Joe as a character by the end of season four. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to ruin it, but it, it's not even heading into Dexter territory because Dexter had a moral compass. I, I would say that probably by the end of this, the moral compass is now gone. Oh, uh, okay. So I feel like throughout all of the seasons, Joe had a moral compass, moral compass, compass. Mm-hmm. Whilst obviously he's not a good guy, I do feel like he had this inner fight to be good. Yeah. Where with Dexter, Dexter knew he was a bad guy, but had to keep it under control, mm-hmm. um, or had had tools, had generally tools in place to keep it in control. Mm-hmm. Where Joe, Joe doesn't have any tools to keep it in control, so he's kind of. Mm-hmm. He's very much emotionally driven all the time. Um, and probably Joe is actually much more unbalanced than... Uh, look, they're both ultimately serial killers. Like yes, no away absolutely. Um, and each of them have different mechanisms of how they try to keep it under control. Dexter's was to focus on killing the bad guy, mm-hmm. um, where Joe kind of killed four 
more for selfish reasons, really, but would occasionally kill if he felt that there was some sort of injustice mm-hmm. around, around normally the person he loved. And um, so generally it was Joe's kind of a selfish guy and, but would try to occasionally be good. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, well, at the start of um, part two of season four, it completely starts to, I, I would almost say like they look, I could see why they now split into two parts for season four because mm-hmm. it's almost like they, they've lied to the audience throughout the whole of part one. Oh, that sucks, though. But then then they kind of turn it on its head uh-huh. in part two and and then actually... No, no, it's a good twist, like, I think, because then it starts to start to lead towards, I think, what could be quite an interesting season five. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I'm not sold. I don't know if I'm going to pick it back up. Um, I think you should. I th- personally don't think season four was the strongest mm-hmm. of seasons, but I'm wondering if it's now more of a bridge season. To oh. um, I'm surprised it's gotten four and will be getting five. On well, has five know. been I, announced? No, I don't know if it has been announced. Oh, okay, the way, okay. The way, the way it ends is that it. I mean, look, it's every season does the same thing. It wraps it up. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, four seasons though on Netflix is still impressive. Yeah, I if I I definitely think that seasons one to three were the strongest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I if you haven't seen two, I would I would seriously recommend that because I think that has a really good twist in it as well. So, mm. um, I think that 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 again changed something about a certain character. Mm-hmm. Not not Joe, but there was another character in it that they kind of um, kind of didn't really show you everything about that character until towards the end. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good. So um, maybe you should on a, on your next flight, download all the Netflix episodes. Yeah, that's a no. <laughs> on a tablet. I, do you know what? I do that. Whenever I get on planes, I, I don't watch the stuff on the plane. I, just I don't have anything to watch it on unless I watch it on my phone. I don't have like an iPad oh. or anything. I do not. Oh, okay. So well, I do. I do have a tablet, so I always download stuff for the flight. I'm not so. that fancy, Mark. <laughs> I don't really. Do you know, I don't really use my tablet other than literally going on flights. I don't. Yeah, I have one of those laptops that folds all the way over, and it yeah. like, turns into. But it's heavy. Like, and if I don't have to take it on a trip, then I don't take my laptop. Um. But yeah, I'm usually like stuck on a row full of people, so like it's always awkward to watch something. Most of the time, um, especially like, like if like, I'm playing, like, like graphic horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there, like oh, a couple of years ago, we were we um, when we were doing the book club and we did V for Vendetta. Like I was on a flight and I was reading my hardcover of V for Vendetta, and like the guy sitting next to me took that as an opportunity to ask me questions every time I turned the page, and I'm like. I'm trying to read the freaking book, dude. Like, well, about he was asking <laughs> questions about the book. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm trying to read it. Like, don't talk to me while I'm reading the book. And he just like kept, and then he like pulled all. Uh, it was the weirdest thing. I was just like, can you please go to sleep so that had I can it, read my book? Said, had, it, had he read it, or he wanted to know more about it? No, he never. He never even heard of the movie. And I was like, hmm. really, you've never heard of the movie either? I don't know. And then I was like, if you've never heard of the character, why do you keep asking me questions about this character? <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh. Um, I watched some other things as well, um, but we won't talk about them all now because it's not time. Um, <laughs> but I last night watched the first episode of a mini series called Plan B. Okay. Um, never heard of the that. Co- the cover, the cover of it jumped out at me. The um, poster 
because it had the main guy, um, uh, Patrick Adams from mm-hmm. uh, Suits, and had him in the middle, but then sort of variations of his face either side. And I thought, oh, what's that about? Like, because I wondered if it was like a mob multiple uh, personality thing uh-huh. uh turns out it wasn't so he's just a normal businessman i actually don't know what his job is but clearly something high-flying executive thing where yeah. they have where they have board meetings and make presentations and win deals i can't remember what it was but uh, oh oh a law thing uh they're like solicitors or something like that lawyers and um, okay uh I, th- I think that's what they were so um, it's like suits the sequel uh yeah but he's actually a lawyer um, I don't think he was a lawyer before, was he? Um, he I was. Watch... Well, I think that was part of the thread. Like he was not licensed. Yeah, which they I think... found out later. Yeah. Um. So he he's yeah living in a house with his very serious partner. I don't think they're married. Um. Uh, and you know, there's a lot going on. And so the opening scene starts with him meeting her, and he kind of says, "I'm." feel like I've known you my whole life. It's all very mysterious. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps forward to what I can imagine was several years later and goes through about his day to win this presentation. Mm-hmm. His his partner, she she's in and out. She's in the office and she makes lots of complaints throughout the day um, about how he treats her, how she's treated in the law firm, all this kind of stuff. And when she goes off, he goes off to make the presentation, She's like wishes him good luck. I could tell, I could tell how she was. I thought, oh, I know what's going to happen. He comes back from the presentation and she's packed her bags. She's left him. She leaves him, etc. Um, And then he goes out for drinks um, later on with, I think it's her brother because he's also, fr- he's friendly, he was friends of her brother beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then he's like obviously down, down on it, whatever. And there's a, there's a wall, you know, like a wall full of, um, like flyers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and he sees one that says plan B. And it says like, have things ever gone wrong in your life? Blah, 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 call this number. And um, so he takes takes it off the wall, um, goes home. Obviously, he's just sitting at home. Oh, his, his house has been going through renovations. Mm-hmm. So he's back at his house. Everything's a wreck. He's drinking, etc. He dials it and, you know, so there's an automated service and and so it's like press one you know etc if you've you know, if you're going through whatever all the, i can't remember all the options now and then and enter your credit card number enter his card number and then this is when the bit that kind of is a bit everything's normal up until this point uh-huh. the next the next question is select your destination year month or day and i was like ah oh, here we go he hangs up, goes, what the fuck, whatever. Anyway, so then you see him throughout the night still getting more and more pissed, and he picks up the phone, and um, he then selects um, the previous day, um, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up in the morning, everything's still shit, whatever. The doorbell goes, um, and these two men are at the door, and they say to him, you know, you, um, uh, his character's called Philip. They say, are you Philip? He goes, yeah. They bundle him into the back of a van. And then the next thing, he wakes up in his bed, laying next to his, his girlfriend. And, mm-hmm. um, and he's like really confused. 
and he's like, what's the day? And she's like, says the day. And he realizes he's now gone back in time mm-hmm. to the to the day that she ended things with him, uh, like the day of the presentation, or, or sorry, the day before the presentation, or whatever it is. And so he's got basically gone back. Uh, I guess it's like forty eight hours. He's gone back, and he then goes through, makes all these wonderful changes, saves everything, like like manages to convince his girlfriend not to leave him. But he does all these things mainly around his girlfriend, but he fucks up the presentation, which he won. He won the deal for the presentation in the previous timeline, but then he hasn't won the presentation because he did everything to fix his personal life. Mm -hmm. And then because he didn't win that, then it's a massive ripple effect. And then it ends with basically the shit hitting the fan all over again from her, from all the renovators because he now hasn't got the cash to to fund the renovation. And I don't know how on earth he, he suddenly didn't have any cash he was halfway through this renovation but anyway i think so i can see what's going to happen because this is six episodes i can see that he's now going to have to jump further back again it, I, I wonder if it's going to be slightly like groundhog day um so yeah but i thought it was an interesting premise and i thought to myself this is where like it's mainly character driven mm-hmm. and obviously there's this whole mystery of what is this plan B thing and who are these guys that chuck them in the van? Mm-hmm. But I thought to myself, I don't really care who they are. Like, I don't think that. And I think that's something a lot of people get caught up in that mystery element. Like what's yeah. plan B, who are these people? And I'd be quite happy if they just don't explain it. Like, I'm good with that. Like, and he just like, they just like kidnap him and send him back through time. How much does that cost though? Cause he had to give his credit card information. Yeah, no, I know. I thought to myself that like what happens? Cause obviously when you go back in time, surely that must erase the charges for the card transactions yeah so um unless it's like the final one like so if you have to keep doing it maybe the final one like the one where you're happy with that timeline uh it's all going to be like barry and the flash and stuff like that yeah so, um no no good can come from ever going back in time i reckon and fixing things so um you just have to learn and move forward yeah but i think i think the premise is quite a cool idea it's a very much like a new take on groundhog day mm-hmm uh, like, I don't uh, like the stuff. Well, I mean, it's it's not so bad if it is um, like different sequences. Like Groundhog Day didn't bother me so much because even though it's the same day over and over again, he does like different stuff. Yeah. But like there's a movie called Vantage Point with Matthew Fox and um, Boris Whitaker and Zoe Saldana. And it is literally oh, I don't think a- I've seen it. about some kind of assassination. But you literally watch this film from 12 different people's point of view and you watch the event play out 12 times and it's just like i am sick of seeing the same thing over and over again just from someone else's point of view like this that to me is really monotonous like i understand the concept of like well but look at it from this angle but when when they do that too much it just like it loses its effect to me so not not yeah. the biggest fan of that trope I, I don't i don't mind it but i think it's got limited i think the six episodes here is probably good mm-hmm. I, I think and i wonder because it's a selective destination whether he can now go back like a month or a year so i wonder mm-hmm. if the groundhog day thing might be limited because you know that opening scene where he meets that girl initially mm-hmm. and you can see that he looks quite disheveled like when he first meets her mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I feel like I've known you all my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if actually that opening scene was him from the future going back and meeting her for the first time. Oh, um, maybe. So I wonder if that opening scene was he maybe like the last episode where he realizes he can't just go back to these short term things. Mm-hmm. He needs to go back all the way yeah. and almost redo his whole life because he he's prioritized work so much over somebody he loves. So people do that. I don't lot. know, man. So, well, then, I don't know. I'm I'm <sighs> career first. I don't see the problem. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> I, 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 well, I think, and no, I do agree with you. Like you have to put career and work first a lot of the time because mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you put it first to the detriment of your own life. Yeah. But if you don't have a career and an income, Mm-hmm. then that will actually affect your personal life. So yes, absolutely. You know, if I just said, um, I'm not going to get to work tomorrow yeah. um, or ever again, I think drastically that will cause lots of issues. So, uh, yeah, I, I would think so, especially since you have people that depend on you. Yeah, or, or do you know what? I'm just going to take a, uh, go and get a job that's a lot easier for me. Like, and, uh, you know, it's going to just... I'm not going to say any jobs because people might think of putting a down on something, but like uh, if I went and picked a job that I don't know, paid me 20 grand less or something mm-hmm. that again would cause me issues. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, I wanted to mention just before we move on, there was a TV show that came out in 2006 called daybreak. And I don't know if you remember it. It, it sounds starred, familiar. Starred Tay Brits, Tay Diggs and moon Bloodgood such a crazy oh my name. god i love moon blood good right and um but there's loads of people in it there's a girl in it i'm dead sure that you uh victoria pratt um uh, do you remember her she was in was it one of she those... was in spartacus wasn't she was she... oh hold on you're gonna make me look it up now victoria maybe not pratt. uh she was in mutant x i think she's been in lots of like tacky shit stuff oh. um like made for tv movies and things like that um Oh, do you know what? Adam Baldwin was in it. Uh, oh, yeah, Mitch Pelleggi was in it. Oh, Ian Anthony Dale was in it. There's quite a few people that are quite good <laughs> actors in it. So anyway, Daybreak was Groundhog Day, the TV show. It was 13 episodes, and even the intro was every day I wake up and today is the same day. And However, there were repercussions. So if by the end of the first day he gets shot, Mm-hmm. When he when he goes back in time, when he essentially goes back to live his day again, he wakes up with with like his his bullet wound. Um, so there was different um, like so he woke up one one episode. He wakes up in the morning and the blood you know the blood's coming out and he's been shot. And mm-hmm. I think I think I remember that roughly. Uh, but so throughout the show, there was lots of things going on. I think there was something with a family member. There was mm-hmm. lots of things, different things going on, and. Um, if he managed to change an event in someone's life, when he woke up the next day, he wouldn't have to resolve that part again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, I think it was a family member that was having problems. And then when he woke up, they kind of, that thing is more naturally resolved the following mm-hmm. day. And But the, there's big overall mystery because every day ends with him getting killed one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. And there's lots of, there's a, like a criminal conspiracy bit and there's a lot going on. And uh, he kind of has to resolve that by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's kind of alluded to the fact that it got cancelled, but it's kind of alluded to the fact at the end of um, the show that there's a lot more to this yeah. Groundhog Day element. But because it got cancelled, obviously. Uh, never got the world will never know. 
yeah, the world will never know. But yeah, I don't think that Groundhog Day effect is used that often. And I don't know if it's always used that well, but mm-hmm. the Groundhog Day show with Bill Murray is the best one so that I have seen. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I won't talk about anything else that I've watched. Do you want to summarize the Oscars for us? Uh, spoiler, nobody got slapped. Um, <laughs> that, that was the big non-news of the evening. Uh, but did also- get, did, Oh, did it get mentioned? Um, yes, Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> mentioned it a few times. Um, yeah. uh, but the, the, so I guess like whatever happened, like it was the first year where a woman gave out the award for best, uh, best female actress. Um, cause usually they flip it. Like, so whoever won best male actor of the year before presents the award for best female actor of the next year. Um, and then vice versa, but this time around, they didn't do that. So Jessica Chastain and Halle Berry presented the Best Female Actor Award to Michelle Yeoh, which I loved her speech. It was fantastic, and I think it's ridiculous that it has taken this long for an Asian woman to, A, be nominated for Best Actress, and then, B, to actually win Best Actress. But Michelle Yeoh is a goddess. She deserves everything everywhere all at once um so i'm i was really happy for her um and this is a film i need to see i haven't seen it but um apparently people love it it is literally the most nominated film of all time it surpassed lord of the rings return of the king for nominations across all awards i think it has received somewhere upwards of 350 different nominations from all of the various different award organizations um but it sure did win a whole bunch of awards last night at the oscars um the speeches were good the music was kind of fun um the song from the bollywood film rrr won for best original song and let me tell you something nobody does song and dance the way bollywood does song and dance and like watching them perform that song on the oscar stage was my second favorite moment of the night behind Michelle Yeoh winning. Um, it was just so entertaining. Like it was just so, so lively. So I need to put RRR on my list too, to watch that film. I've heard really, really great things about it. Uh, but it was not too many surprises. I think like there were, there were a couple of things that I thought went the wrong way. I, I really thought Black Panther should have won best makeup and it didn't, but it did win best costume, which mm-hmm. I agree with. I loved everything about the way that they did Wakanda and Talakan in Black Panther. So I'm very happy that Ruthie Carter got her second Oscar because um, she won the Oscar for the first Black Panther as well for costume design. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I don't really think that there were too, too, too many surprises. A lot of people were kind of disappointed that Angela Bassett didn't win Best Supporting Actress for her role in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, but overall, I think... I mean, I would I would say the night went pretty much to plan. Um, I think the surprise for the night, for me at least, was how much All Quiet on the Western Front won. Um, I read that book in high school. It was one of the few books I read in high school that I loved. Oh my God, that book is phenomenal. Um, I haven't seen this film yet, but it won a lot of like editing and cinematography and like the very artistic and stylized awards uh a lot of those went to all quiet on the western front and 
disappointing uh top gun maverick only one <laughs> once well, no. um it won for best sound editing sound design one of those um oh, yeah, sound i think it was yeah oh so that's another thing like i noticed this year they combined the two sound categories into one which to the casual viewer i appreciate because i don't know the difference between sound editing and sound design and they've always given out two separate oscars for those two categories before um so now they just have a sound category now i'm sure they still have breakouts in because they, they still do the technical oscars the day before that mm-hmm. is not televised um but yeah best visual effects obviously went to avatar i mean as much as i wanted top gun to win that one i can understand why avatar won best visual effects um and yeah i just don't i don't really think that there were too many other surprises i think a lot of the jokes kind of fell flat the audience didn't really seem very like into it like they normally do um jimmy kimmel was a good host as as he always is like he's very much himself it felt like you were watching a very 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 long episode of jimmy kimmel live um yeah i i mean i just don't have i think the only moment that really made me scratch my head was when elizabeth (laughs) elizabeth banks presented an award and elizabeth banks directed cocaine bear which came out this year and so, like, she came out on stage to give out the visual effects award, and she came out on stage with someone in a bear suit. And it was very awkward. Like, I don't know. She was sick. Like, her voice was all messed up. Her jokes weren't landing. She she couldn't really talk the way she normally does. And, like, I don't know. It was that that whole sequence was a mess. But, you know, I mean, she directed a movie called Cocaine Bear. So I, you don't <laughs> expect too much, <laughs> I guess. I really want to watch that film. I'm not going to the cinema to see it, but uh, yeah, yeah, as soon as that one becomes like available on demand, I'm totally gonna watch it because like it is the stupidest title, but it is based on a true story. Like, <laughs> so I definitely want to check that out at some point. But, yeah, from... so not not much to report about the Oscars. Like, no no real drama to me. Um, a couple of disappointments, but nothing. I mean, nothing notable or newsworthy. I would say. What's it? So everything, everywhere at once won seven awards at the Oscars. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, well, not agree. I, I don't know your opinion. Sorry, you, you said other people about Angela Bassett. I I personally think she should have won an award. Uh, I thought she was phenomenal as Queen Ramonda. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis compare. won for Everything Everywhere All at Once. She won Best Supporting Actress. Um, there were two people from that film that were nominated in that category. So it was, I mean, it was a stacked category, um, but it seemed like the darling of the evening was 100% everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that one. I'm not a problem with Jamie Lee as an actress, but I just, um, Angela Bassett was so much stronger. So I've seen everything everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. I have viewed my opinions off air about this film. Uh I, I didn't like. I, I, I yeah. didn't like it. I didn't yeah. like the movie. Um, don't know. It was all right. Like there were part. Actually, there were parts I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And if people say that I didn't understand it, no, I did understand it. Um, I've spoken to people though that have told me that they cried at the end, and I'm like, what? Like, but people are emotional, okay? <laughs> you didn't I, cry at Black Panther either. I totally cried at Black Panther. Uh, um. I, I can't remember, but I don't remember. I, I don't know if I cried many movies, um, but 
uh, Calendar Girls made me cry. Um, <laughs> I always remember that. Uh, anyway, I, I'll be honest with you. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I don't reckon it at all. Like, so I just, it just shocks me the amount of people that go on about how brilliant it is. Like, yeah. I just, um, I really want you to watch it. You're probably going to go, oh, it's brilliant. And I'll be like, okay, sure, Jasmine. Like, yeah, well, uh, also, you like the Queen's Gambit, so, you know. Queen's Gambit was brilliant. Queen's Gambit was brilliant. So there are many people that like the Queen's Gambit, though. So. Queen's Gambit was terrible. It was so boring. A snooze fest, in fact. Oh, I love the Queen's Gambit. Um, do you know what, though? With the Queen's Gambit, I actually wanted more of the younger girl. Uh, yeah. So, no, we got she was way episode. more interesting. And um, I actually thought that was really interesting, that whole premise about how she discovered chess at the mm-hmm. beginning. Uh, so I was kind of, I think we, they rushed on from her too quickly. So. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it won a lot of awards. Uh, I don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm really p- pleased with Michelle Yeoh uh, to, to win, win the award. I love her in pretty much everything. Yeah. So I mean, she can do no wrong in my book. Like, if I, like, they say that you, people get starstruck. Like, I've met some pretty big names. Like, I think probably Samuel L. Jackson is, like, the biggest name that I've ever met in person. But, like, if I ever met Michelle Yeoh, I think I might be just, like, an idiotic fangirl. Honestly, I don't even know if I'd be able to, like, keep it all in. I would be just grinning ear to ear if I ever get to meet Michelle Yeoh. I was watching um, this week as well. We watched The Mechanic and The Mechanic Resurrection. I don't know if you've seen those with Jason Statham. Yes. She is in Resurrection. Not actually has a very small role in Resurrection. When she shows up on the beach, I'm like, oh, cool, she's in it. Like, And I love her. Well, the moment I see her, I'm like, I can trust her as an actress. I think mm-hmm. she's a really good actress. And But I love her in Star Trek Discovery. She's oh, yeah. amazing. I mean, so good in Star Trek Discovery. Like, just... And um, she's meant to be getting her own Star Trek spinoff, which can't come soon enough. Yeah, because so. you never get to see about. her like play a bad guy. So like in Star Trek, where she plays those two characters, oh man, she does she does it so well, so well. Oh, when, when she's so ki- she's so kick ass, it's like the mm-hmm. like the kind of like the villain, so to speak. Yeah, and obviously she starts to come around in Star Trek, but yeah, no, she's an amazing actress. So I'm really yeah. pleased for her to win Best Actress. I just personally, this film was not for me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and having seen this movie, there's no, whilst J- Jamie Lee Curtis again is a great actress and mm-hmm. plays a great, and she plays that role believably. I mean, I'm, all of the acting, by the way, and everything everyone wants is great. There's nothing wrong yeah. with the acting. Um, <clears throat> and Jamie Lee Curtis plays like a really good um, supporting character in that movie. Yeah. But if we're, if we're giving awards for supporting characters, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett uh, was fantastic i mean, I mean she was I, I, just so good i would almost say that angela bassett was probably almost one of the main characters in that movie yeah that's how strong she was because yeah uh, we've said this before wakanda forever was an ensemble, ensemble ensemble cast movie it wasn't mm-hmm. uh, in a sense they were all supporting cast so yeah yeah that yeah so like i said that was the only category where i was kind of like i don't know that's not i love jamie lee but like that's not I would not have gone that route. I definitely would have given that. That would have been Angela Bassett for me. Um, I, I noticed yeah. the way the whale got two things: obviously the makeup and best actor for Brendan yeah. Fraser. I've not seen the whale of you. No, I haven't. But I disagree with them winning best makeup as well. I thought that should have gone to Wakanda Forever. Um, yeah, that should have done. Yeah. Because I mean, like, because Avatar can't win for best makeup because it was all visual, and they did win for visual effects. Um, and I felt like it was kind of cheating because when they were explaining. The way that they did the makeup in um, the whale, they said a lot of it was digital. 
like the the fat suit that they put Brendan Fraser in it's and like the makeup on his it's it's all very digital because they wanted to keep his facial structure mm. without putting him in like a cumbersome like fat suit to take away from his emotions and I was like so you use technology more than you used makeup <laughs> I don't know I, f- I just feel like Wakanda forever like you had the the telecons and they lived underwater and they had like they go from like blue to I don't know like I just thought that the makeup in Black Panther was way more interesting so so those are my two categories best supporting actress was not happy with that and then best makeup i was not happy with that either i i'm glad that avatar won best visual effects i mean i don't think anything could have beat that no. um, and, and the only other thing that i wanted to win i really really wish top gun maverick had won best picture yeah i really do i, I would have been happy with top gun or more come to forever yeah top gun was my favorite movie i saw last year I feel like Wakanda Forever could have should have won Best Picture, but I would have been happy with Top Gun. I'll be honest, I'm not happy with everything everywhere at once. <laughs> However, I am happy for Michelle to win Best Actress. I, I do yeah. think she is. A, she's not just amazing in that. Like, I think she's a good. No, by the way, I think like, everything everyone's the acting is really good. I just mm-hmm. didn't like. I just didn't like the movie. And well, they won how, three acting awards. They won Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Supporting Actress. Hmm. Yeah, I sometimes like, all I say is sometimes you have to watch something twice. There's like when the Batman came out, I didn't mm-hmm. like it first time around. Did not like the Batman. Uh, strangely enough, uh, yesterday I saw that movie a year ago. So um, I didn't like it when it first came out. Anyway, a couple months later, forward to a couple months later, and I was watching it at home and I rewatched it, and I actually thought second time around it was much better. So yeah. I, Really enjoyed it second time around, and actually, it was one of my favorite movies of last year. So. I'm still very salty about the Geeks Unleashed poll that we did, and people voted the Batman ahead of Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I just I cannot wrap my mind around how that, that happened. At that point, I hadn't seen Top Gun Maverick, but I watched it over Christmas, and I and I I I, I love oh, them both. So good, Top uh, Gun Maverick to me, like, um, and the, so I was watching the Oscars with some of my friends at work in publicity in LA, and all they kept talking about was like, there needs to be a whole new category at the Oscars for blockbusters. Like we need a separate category for blockbuster features, right? Like mm. that. And then we can get like the MCU could finally get like its first Oscar. Maybe, you know, like we need a category that is dedicated strictly to entertaining. Did you go to the movie and were you entertained? Like it doesn't have to tell an amazing story. It doesn't have to be this life-changing thing. It doesn't have to talk about World War II or something super serious. Like there should be a category for fun. Like, and I just think like Top Gun, it got pushed back two years because of COVID. It came out Memorial Day weekend um, last year. And it was just like, it was the first film that I had seen in theaters in a really long time. And it was just, but it's like the perfect go to the theater with people and have a good time kind of film. Like those kinds of films, I think need their own category because I think they should also be awarded because the whole point of you going to the theater and watching these movies is to be entertained. A lot of those movies though, are keeping the cinema industry going. Exactly. Exactly. Where, where would 2022 have been without Top Gun Maverick, which made over a billion dollars in theaters across the and world. Win, and it wins best sound. Yeah. Okay. A billion dollars. Um, and like even what come to forever, I don't know how much that made. That made that made a lot, didn't it? I think it made like seven or eight hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. Um now I and get then Avatar. Avatar wins best visual effects. Okay, sure. Two million. Uh, Top Gun wins two billion, sorry. Two yeah, million. exactly. Top Gun wins for best sound. And it's like 
those two films alone pretty much carried last year in the theaters. You know, it, I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense that we're not awarding, like, you. I'm not saying like you have to give an award to the film that makes the most money, but I am saying that the films that make this kind of money don't get any kind of recognition. And I think that that is silly. Yeah, I think without films like Avatar and um, uh, Black Panther and right. Top Gun, like right. those people, those people that are selling you popcorn and your tickets and all the rest of it, because let's be honest, uh, when you can so, watch a so... drama at home. Like w- if I watch Everything Everywhere All at Once on my TV versus watching it in a theater, is the movie going to feel any different? Probably not. But if I watch Top Gun on my TV versus having watched Top Gun in a theater. That's a big difference. Like it's a mm-hmm. big, it's a big like experience difference that you're that you have there. Well, well it, it also keeps like so. When I went and saw Morbius at the cinema last year, <laughs> there was like four other people in the cinema. Um, like I know we'll make jokes about that another time, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, if it's not for the films like Avatar that allow us to see those films, now obviously mm-hmm. the people that made Avatar probably would like equally those numbers, but. If we don't have the numbers from the bigger films, they're not able to then show these smaller films. Exactly. I, ima- I imagine a lot of the cash flow for these cinemas is very, um, very much fluctuates. Yes. So, Listen, yeah. I worked at a movie theater, and mm. every summer, the movie theater made its money for the year over the summer. In six weeks in six weeks. Yeah. yeah, like it was, it was high season. We knew it, and all of the people that were coming to the theater knew it. All of our managers would always be like, "Okay, we're ramping up." They ramped up two times a year. So we always hired more people for the summer and we always hired more people for like Christmas. the Thanksgiving to Christmas that that six weeks, right? Like that is the time of year where where those things happen. I mean, yeah, I just I just think like a lot of the a lot of this and that's probably like part of the beef that people have been having with the Academy and all of these award bodies for so long. It's like you guys have this antiquated view of what is worthy, but you kind of ignore the general public right now obviously the general public doesn't get to vote like you have to be a member of these groups to vote but at the same time like you can't just make movies for yourself you you as the academy cannot just make movies for other members of the academy you are making films for the entire world and like those films that do really well should be rewarded for such Uh, i really wanted to jump on what you said sorry i was being impatient do you, did you ever watch the X-Files? No. There was an episode. Do you, remember, do you, you must remember the character, the cigarette smoking man. Of course. Man. Yes. So the cigarette smoking man always stood in the background. He was like a puppeteer and he knew lots of shit that was going on. They did an episode once that focused purely on the cigarette smoking man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there was one, and, it, and this episode kind of jumped over, say, a 10, 20-year period, uh, I think, from memory. I don't know. It could have been less than that. But anyway, there was one scene where he was in a boardroom with like two or three other people and they just looked up at him and went, who do you want to win the Oscars this year? And he went, oh, I don't care, you choose. Like, or <laughs> something like that, words to that effect. And so that's how powerful he was, that he chose the winners of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and it kind of made me laugh. I've never forgotten that scene because I thought to myself, that's how I've always viewed the Oscars as they're so not in touch with the public. Yeah, they right. are. And, and that's why like when a lot of like for me, everything I once was not a film I liked. And most of the time when I see the winners of the Oscars, I'm, 
I would say they're not at all what I consider my favourite movies of last year. Yeah. So like, my favourite movies of last year were, were not, my, most of the films that have won awards were, were not anywhere near. Exactly. I, and and what? the thing is, like, they have all of these great, what what to me, like, the little previews that we get when you're watching the Oscars, like, the short films, the animated features, the documentary features. Where the hell do we get to watch those? Where the no, hell can I, I go to watch the shorts that are nominated for Oscars? Like, how, how does the public even get to see, the, like, how do we get to see these things? I have no idea what any of these things are. <laughs> Oh, you know, I um, at Christmas I shared my nine favorite movies of last year. <clears throat> Glass Onion. Where was that? That got nominated. I don't it, know. I it, mean, it didn't win. But, no, it didn't win. Uh, Scream Five. Where was that? Come didn't on. get nominated. And, um, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick didn't win Best yeah. Picture. The Batman. I love that movie. The Batman was around. nominated. For what though? Makeup. Oh, okay. And uh, see, like the whale beat that out too. Uh, Black Adam. I I liked that. Like you did um, not put that on your favorite nine list, did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I liked that. I liked that movie. Um, it wasn't the best movie of all time, but I enjoyed that movie last year. Mainly, mainly, I'll be honest with you, because of Henry. Cavill. Henry, yeah, okay. Like, um, <laughs> Pre- Prey as well. I thought that was brilliant. Have you seen Prey? No. Um, oh, Jurassic. that's a, the the a Predator movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predator yeah. prequel cool movie. Yeah, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So good. Such yeah. a good movie. Uh. I know, again, this movie is not going to win anything, but well, it probably won something. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, Don't be hating. Listen, the first Jurassic Park was nominated for uh, Best Original Song because of John Williams, and I believe it won that year. And the first film was Spielberg. Like, Jurassic Park got some nods back in the day. Um, I actually enjoyed Dominion. I I enjoyed Dominion. I thought it was brilliant. I thought Uh, it was so freaking cool to see, like, dinosaurs running through the streets. (laughs) That was really Uh, cool. And my last two were Wakanda Forever and yeah. Death on Death on the Nile. Oh, I didn't watch that one. I think Death on the Nile was much better than the um, Orient Express. So Death on the Nile. Uh, I think the problem with Death on the Nile was probably Army Hammer, because um, all of that Army Hammer drama came out last year. I uh, I just watched it. <clears throat> didn't worry about anything else. So. Um, anyway, uh, should we move on to? We've talked probably yes, more about the Oscars we've than talked. We yeah, we're probably talking uh, more about the Oscars than about this movie. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. right, okay. So our main event is Howard the Duck from 1986. You know, I was uh, we're five when this back. movie. I, five when this movie came out. Um, I was not. <laughs> right, okay, based on the characters of Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. the very. First appearance of Howard the Duck in the comics was Adventure into Fear number 19 in 1973. Howard the Duck and Man-Thing were actually like in that series together. Funny enough, since we just did Man-Thing last week, by the way. Deliberately. Go watch that episode or listen to that episode and then come tell us how much you hated that movie. And if you hated it more than we did, because I'm pretty sure it's the lowest score we've ever given. Uh, Anyway, Howard the Duck was created by Steve Gerber and Val Mayerick. Uh, it's written by William Haycock um, and Gloria Katz, uh, directed by, oh, sorry, Willard Haycock or Haycock. I don't know. Hyuk. Hook. Hook. Hook, maybe. <laughs> All right, anyway. It stars Leah Thompson, Jeffrey Jones, Tim Robbins, and Chip Zion is the voice of Howard, but there are seven 
people plus puppet tears that control that duck as well. It came out first of August, nineteen eighty six. Ah, my birthday is in August, so uh, I wouldn't have been able to see it. It was twelve. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, had a running time of one hundred eleven minutes. It had a budget. <clears throat> wow. 30 to well roughly that seems high to me 30 30 uh, somewhere between 30 and 37 million and it made its money back 38 million mm, barely yeah, i mean barely. i mean they, they didn't lose money so i i'm pretty sure they considered it a flop though oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah it was a flop yeah. <laughs> um, um so fun fact like i said earlier there were several puppeteers at least four puppeteers and seven different characters that at one point, we're inside the duck suit playing Howard's duck, plus a totally different character actually voicing the duck. Um, <clears throat> another fun fact, since we just spent so much time talking about award shows, Howard the Duck in 1986 won four Razzies. <laughs> it won for Worst Picture, Worst Screenplay, Worst New Star, and the caveat for the Worst New Star win was that they gave that award to... All of the puppeteers, all of the actors in the suit, and the voice actor that played the duck. <laughs> and then it won for worst visual effects. And if that wasn't bad enough, it three years later, it was then nominated as the worst film of the decade. <laughs> but it lost worst film of the decade, um, which went to Prince's film, Under the Cherry Moon. <laughs> Oh, okay, I haven't seen that. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It lost Worst Film of the Decade to Mommy Dearest, which I did not realize that Mommy Dearest, they thought that that was a worst film. That film, my friends and I quote all the time, and it is one of the reasons why I no longer have wire hangers in my closet. <laughs> so one more fun fact. So this this lovely lead singer here on the cover of this magazine that Howard is reading Leah Thompson and her band, which her band also included Holly Robinson Pete, who is actually a singer. Um, so Leah Thompson and the band did the, all of their own vocals for all of the songs on the soundtrack. I thought that was pretty neat. I, I didn't actually know she could sing, to be honest. So, yeah, me neither. Um, but yeah, right. Anyway, so uh, IMDb summary a sarcastic humanoid duck is pulled from his homeworld to Earth, where he must stop an alien invasion with the help of a nerdy scientist and a struggling female rock singer. I mean, that is surprisingly um, accurate for that description, honestly. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> for once, IMDb. That is it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, in the current MCU, I actually did not realize because I didn't finish all of What If, um, but Howard the Duck does make an appearance in What If, and Howard the Duck is voiced in the MCU by Seth Green. You should finish What If. I should. I, I only really, got up really to good. the Chadwick episode. That's good. It's really good. Like, it kind of, the ninth episode brings it all together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you actually get, like, they have, obviously, it's all solo episodes until the final episode. Then they go back and he pulls people from previous episodes, mm -hmm. like The Watcher, to create a team. So, oh, fancy. Um, yeah. And um, they, there was an episode they didn't make. So they pulled a character from, well, I, I don't know if they didn't make or didn't finish. So there was another character in it that hadn't had his own episode. I think that's meant to be in season two. So, mm -hmm. um, anyway, so overall thoughts on this movie. Let's so, hear it, Mark. Come on. Um, so do you know what? Like with Man-Thing, I hated it. It was awful. It was really, yeah. really bad. I felt every minute of this film, of that film. 
and then um werewolf by night so we kind of grouped these films together because they're kind of a bit of an oddball selection of marvel characters mm-hmm. um Werewolf by night was brilliant man yes. thing was terrible mm-hmm. uh how the duck is kind of in that world of you know, unique Marvel characters are not as well known. Uh, How the Duck is probably a bit more of a cult classic movie now. Yeah. Um, I would say mm-hmm. I've, pro- I've not seen this movie as many times. I have seen it in the past. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it as many times as I've seen other movies, maybe like three or four times over the years. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe no more than three. And I wouldn't say I hate this film. I think there's actually some good parts about it that are enjoyable. Like it, mm-hmm. it, there, there is funny parts in here. Um, you know, I don't want to say it's. I wouldn't say it's got the strongest of acting. Like, no, <laughs> um, not at all. But what I did like was Leah Thompson. Now, Back to the Future. I absolutely love Back to the Future, and she clearly was much more supporting cast role as Marley's mum. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout those movies, in the first film, she got a much bigger role, but she was obviously very much sidelined throughout that trilogy. And I don't think I've seen her in anything else. I think she's been in the odd thing that I've seen, like the odd episode. But I did actually like to see her kind of take in more of a, a lead role in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was quite cool. And um, I liked the fact that she kind of took Howard under her wing. So to speak. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't actually do that deliberately, I'll be honest. I didn't do that deliberately. Sure. Uh, I didn't do that deliberately. Now, I'll be honest with you, wasn't too keen on the whole bestiality stuff that kind of was going on. Um, but, <laughs> like, I, I'm not too sure what that was about, but <laughs> I liked the fact yeah. that actually she was, he was quite, he was sitting in the alleyway and, you know, on his own and she did look after him. I thought that was nice. And, mm-hmm. and then how she ended up kind of helping him save the world mm-hmm. and then ends with her, as I didn't know, singing her own song about how the duck It's kind of like, it's definitely not a children, children. You know, you couldn't couldn't watch it with people that were less. No, they have duck boobs. Yeah, I know, and and obviously the weird bestiality stuff. No, yeah. no, I think if children saw that, they probably wouldn't. Well, it's care. rated R too, so. Oh, I thought it? it was a twelve. I thought it was a twelve. Oh, it is 12. it? Yeah. Oh, maybe because um, it's duck boobs, it doesn't count as real nudity. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, look, the story is paper thin. Storylines paper thin. Of course. Um, it's not that difficult to follow. It's you know it's kind of a fun. It is a movie. film of its time. Yeah, it's definitely a fun of its time. I reckon it would probably be. I, I think the kind of environment it would suit would be watching it with a group of friends with a few beers. Yes, um, because you wouldn't then need to focus on the story. It wouldn't matter if your attention went to every few minutes because mm-hmm. if you'd be chatting with a few friends or laughing, having jokes, beers, that's the kind of movie I think it is. Yeah. It's not like I say it's not going to change your life by watching it. Um, I would say if you're keen to make your way through every comic book movie or TV show or anything like that, like we're now attempting to do, yeah, you know, it's good to have watched it to form an opinion. I, mm-hmm. I like how the duck as a character, I think it's quite a unique premise that someone came up with a talk, talking duck for an alien planet. Yeah. I like, I like, I liked how it started with showing the similarities of their world you know, with the commercials, you know, the baseball bat, you know, mm-hmm. this is a nine ninety nine. This is not eight ninety nine. This is, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then obviously the moment later on when Tim Robbins character imagines the, um, uh, uh, you know, the, 
what's it called evolution but with rather oh, than human yeah. rather than rather than um sort of monkeys and neanderthals um he, you know all the different dark stages mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty cool as well so yeah i don't know it's, like i say it's not the worst movie in the world there no. are worse there are worse it's not the best movie by any any stretch of the imagination. I would I ever watch it again? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't watch it again. But yeah, but I would definitely have I, to watch it with alcohol I, I, the I think, next time. Know, I'd be quite happy to wait 10, 15 years before I put this on again. I'm never going to rush to it. So yeah. it's not like Avengers Endgame, which I've watched multiple times. Like yeah. Endgame, Endgame, I've probably like watched like 30 times since it's come out. So. Oh, no. wow. Oh, I love Endgame. I think Endgame's brilliant. So. Um, but anyway, I'll stop. What's your overall thoughts? You've never seen this before, have you? No, this is my first time seeing this film. Um, I knew the premise, but I had never actually seen it. And like you, at first I was like, ew, but he's a duck. And then I thought to myself, yeah, but like I play video games. And in my video games, whenever there's an option to romance an alien, I always romance the alien instead of the human. And it's like, (laughs) so you can't be too upset about the duck hitting on the chick. Like, it just, I don't know. So anyway, like I, at first I was like, ew, but then I was like, okay, well, I get it, I guess. Um, To each their own. Uh, I thought that the humor in here was very 80s. Like, this to me feels like a very quintessential 80s film. And that's kind of the lens I chose to watch it through. So it felt very... It felt to me very much like it belonged in 1986. Like, so I, I kind of was surprised at how poorly it was received at the time, because to me, looking back at that time, like it, it, it feels more like it would have fit in better um, versus if they remake this now, they definitely have to change a lot about the way that they do it. Um, so, so much. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it can be done. And I think if they if they still let Kevin Smith do it, I think he'll find a way to walk the line. Um, but as far as like the plot and all that stuff, like it's very like, again, it's very 80s. Like there's not much to it. It's really kind of thin. The villain um, is very like expected. Um, yes. I... Although I do, I love Jeffrey Jones and like for him to have turned into the villain at the end of the film, like I love his character in Beetlejuice. He's, he's one of my favorites in Beetlejuice as well. Um, So I just, you kind of just enjoy it for what it is. Like it almost feels like, I don't know if like Blues Brothers and Terminator had a illegitimate stepchild, like this would be that, that, that kid. Uh, So it's like. I can see a lot of other film influences in here Um, and you just take it at face value. So it's not nothing to write home about. It's not, I don't know. I I don't see how it really fits into the overall picture of the new MCU, Um, but it was still entertaining. I think. I think with new MCU, I think keeping him in the world of people like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, of course. That would probably be better or an animated It's the only place he fits. Yeah, yeah. so far all the MCU stuff he's done has been animated. Like they brought him in in 2014 for some kind of Guardians of the Galaxy short. Um, And then the last time we saw him was in What If. So all of the appearances, all of the appearances so far have been um, animated. I've got a feeling he might have been in um, the holiday special at the end, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, um, 
Do you know what? It's quite interesting. You know, you just said, it made me look this up just now. You know, on IMDb, if you're looking at a film and it says films like this film, mm-hmm. like, you know, you might like, I, I always like to look at that. Um, you're going to love the first movie that comes up <laughs> as films. He-Man. So he, if, yeah, if you might like this, you might also like this, is Master of the Universe from uh-huh. 1987. So that is the first one that comes up. Yes. And then and then uh, The Punisher from 1989 with Dolph Lundgren, um, which I've never seen. Um, there's a bunch in here. Man-Thing happens to be one of them. Uh, Team Wolf, Flash Gordon. Uh, there's a few other ones in here. Big Trouble in Little China. And oh, yes. Tank Girl. Um, Love Tank Girl. I would not put this film in the category with Tank Girl, though. I think Tank Girl a- is way better than Howard the Duck. Uh, Last Action Hero and Inner Space. It's about, oh, Space Balls. There's a bunch of things in there which I yeah. don't think are particularly linked with How the Duck. No, but it but definitely Mar- did remind me of He-Man. Master of the Universe, I definitely think there's a lot of similarities. Master of the Universe is a far superior film, though, than this. So I mean... Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt that Master of the Universe is probably oh. one of the, be- the best movie of the decade, let alone probably the century. Um, so, aye, aye, aye. So, um <gasps> I mean, the acting in Master of the Universe is far superior. The storyline is incredibly well-structured and the characterization of Master of the Universe is superior to most movies, even of current day. So... <laughs> I I don't... I managed I, to almost do that without a straight face. Or wow. Whatever. Wow. Like it, most of that I did with a straight face. Then. There's but, entirely too much rebuttal to happen. No, I'm not even going to argue with you on this one. <laughs> so, however, how are the dark... Um, Let's just move into characters. So the characters in this movie are not the strongest of fleshed. I don't think any of them are particularly well fleshed out. No. Um, Howard the Duck, it starts in his apartment. He's got home from a day at work. Mm -hmm. I thought it was quite interesting that we had a voicemail, uh, had an answer machine, playing Mm -hmm. messages. So you get to hear a little bit of his life. Uh, It obviously cracks over the beers and it, it goes through his apartment, showing a little bit of his... Actually showing the apartment gives an element of his character that, isn't necessarily talked about too much. So I thought it was cool that you got to see that he was in a band when he was mm-hmm. younger. Um, th- there's elements of his past shown throughout the wall room. He's clearly not married, not no children. Yeah, he sort of has an office job. Um, yeah, there's not that much there. And uh, and then he ends up on Earth. Yeah. And Leah Le- Le- Thompson's character, again, there's no real characterization here. She no. has a band. She's a struggling singer in a band. Yeah, with a bad who, manager. Yeah, who lives on her own. Um, mm-hmm. Tim Robbins, nerdy scientist character. Again, we don't know anything about him. He's dating one say, of the band members. That's how they met. Uh, I would say that there's nothing really fleshed out about anybody that's in this movie. No. Uh, no. Uh, so there's not, you don't get to know anything about their hopes, their wants, their desires, their, you know, anything about their past. There's no, Mm-mm. there's no sort of, you know, sometimes in like most movies, even in Scream, they do it. They sit down at some point and they'll chat a little bit about their background just to let the audience know a little bit more to make you care about them. Right. So yeah. there's nothing where I would say there's anything that really pulls you out. The, the only two characters they particularly do focus on are Howard um, and Leah Thompson's character of, uh, well, I forgot her name. Beverly. Beverly, yeah, yeah. So Beverly and Howard are the two most fleshed out characters in this movie. Um, I would struggle to say, I'd almost have to say that they're just joint favourites for me. They, 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 they both of them kind of carry 
this movie like kind of it's a hard thing to say carry this movie because it's difficult <laughs> but I, I i do like howard's humor um and i do like his bravery like things like quack quack foo and where mm-hmm. he saves her he saves her from getting attacked by some random weirdos in an alleyway yeah. i like the bra- i like the bravery that he can't be much higher than the, than a human's knee mm-hmm. uh, and he's suddenly like attacking these two guys that are attacking her randomly I thought that was pretty cool. And I admire a lot of his strength of character that, you know, he's, he, he isn't that tall and he isn't that strong in the human world, but actually he is very much keen to save the day. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he has got some good hero, heroic principles, which I have to say I admire. And yeah, value. he's not a bad guy. Like, um, so I think that's pretty cool. Well, there's a lot, I, I, I enjoy the humor and the things like him trying to, grab cigars and 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 you know i kind of like that that character side of him he, yeah. do you know what i would say and i know it's a really weird comparison to make with howard he reminds me very much of wolverine um like in terms of the the don't care attitude the okay the, yeah the cigar smoking sort of heroic nature of him so i i think obviously they're they're not completely similar, but mm-hmm. they're, 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 to me, I felt like there were some similarities. So um, I think Wolverine gives less of a shit than Howard. But, well, yes. <laughs> but but, but there, there, there was more of that there. Um, for Leah Thompson, why, like I say, the only things I've seen her was Back to the Future I Miss. So I, I actually think she did fairly well to carry a movie that is clearly not very good. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, I think I think yeah. If you got to compare, for instance, um, last week's Man Thing with um, what was the Australian actress called who was Rachel Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Rachel Taylor was very weak, but it was one of her first roles. Mm-hmm. Leah Thompson obviously is a bit more of an experienced actress at this point in her career. I feel I feel like for where she was at, she did a fairly reasonable like part carrying this. Mm-hmm. And I think Beverly as a character. I actually quite liked her character. I thought she was quite fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, she was quite a fun person. Like I, I think if I was in 1986, she's someone I would have wanted to be friends with. Like I think okay. hanging out with her probably would have been quite... You would have had some fun times, right, hanging out with her and her friends. And yeah. I think she clearly was a good person as well. Uh, yeah, she very much has morals and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. I, I, I'm really probably stretching my thoughts on these characters now. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, I, but I like I like the fact that you know there's there's a good bond built between Beverly and Howard throughout the mm. movie as well. So yeah, like I say, the person I found the most annoying though was Tim Robinson. Yes, the most no- nerdy. Oh my god! Like, what a horrible yeah. kid. He was also nominated for a Razzie for best. I'm sorry for worst supporting actor. He didn't. Yeah, win. He was awful. I, I, Tim Robinson has been in some much better things over oh, the years. Yeah, so much stuff. Oh. Uh, my my favorite character was definitely Jeffrey Jones playing the Overlord. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that was so uh, weird. That I loved it. I absolutely like the weird voice that he did. the The way that his eyes would like bug out. Like I just, I got such a kick out of this villain, uh, and he was just he was my favorite for for the whole film. <laughs> I want it. Wasn't Tim Robbins? That was it. The best film I've ever seen Tim Robbins in was Arlington Road. Better than Shawshank? Oh, yeah. I forgot about Shawshank. Sorry. Shawshank. Yep. 
then Arlington Road. Okay. Shawshank, yeah, yeah, Shawshank, then Ar- uh, Arlington Road. I thought Arlington Road, though, was brilliant. No, Shawshank was absolutely amazing. Um, I mentioned that to you off air a couple of weeks ago, actually, mm-hmm. where, where I put it, I'd never seen it before. I put it on and I just didn't move. And yeah. I just watched, literally just was glued from start to finish to Shawshank. But oh, no, I thought Andy from Shawshank. Uh, I thought Arlington Road was a really cl- clever movie as well. I thought that was mm. really good. So, um, yeah, like I say, I think Howard and Beverly for me were great. I could see why you liked the villain. Um, yeah, that well, the villain, and also like the my favorite scene was that scene in the diner when they sit down at the table and the waitress is like anything, and she was like, "Just bring us a bre- the special," and the special has eggs. And when Howard <laughs> sees the eggs, he's like, "What am I, a cannibal?" <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> There's some good. There were some good moments in this. Like I, I, um, I don't know. I thought he was like funny throughout. I thought he had some mm-hmm. really good good moments throughout this movie. So um, I don't know. Quack foo always makes me laugh. I just, <laughs> I just kind of like the duck kind of takes on humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish we could have seen more of Howard's world. Um, yeah, but boss- less duck boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was funny, though. <laughs> that was just so... It was so weird because weird. it was, like, anatomically correct for humans, not for ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so let's talk about this, this structure of this movie. It, I mean, it's not really much of a structure. I mean, if you want to... I've said this before. If you want to tentpole it, there's Howard going to Earth, yeah. meeting humans... Suddenly, and then making the decision as to go back to his world or to stay on Earth. So, yeah, and and you know, there's a there's an alien threat, and somehow Howard, with some band members and a nerdy scientist, saved the day. And a laser. Mm-hmm. Got to have and the laser. Up, it's the eighties. And, and then they end up having a little bit of a dance thing at the end. Yes, that that is kind of it. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's. I mean, it's thin. Like, like you said, it's just, it's thin. It's, but it is, it's the kind of mindless fun where you just like shut your brain off and just enjoy it for what it is. Like, you don't think about it. You don't try to attach any logic to it. You just let it ride. I think that's the only only way to watch a film like this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I. So you talked about the, obviously the, the the diner. Did you have any other? favorite scenes or moments throughout the movie or no uh no just the just the di- like the diner sequence was just so over the top like the the overlord turning on everyone and then like i mean it was just oh, the, the country bumpkins in the um oh man it was just like the whole diner sequence was just a mess the the that weird tongue thing that came out of his mouth as well like it's just horrible um <laughs> So no, the like I I liked so I was just getting up some photos, so I wanted to try and find them. I loved the I loved a lot of it at the beginning when we see his earth and mm-hmm. the this this in the variation on the Indiana Jones poster. Yes. Um was it Bre- Breeders of the Lost Stork? <laughs> Stork, I think that's it. So I thought that was funny. Um I I thought that's great. Oh, that was it. This is what I was looking for. Play duck, like, and he's like, obviously, you know, variation. Oh, of Playboy. yes, yes. Yeah. And he was like, well, "What did they write in this month's issue?" Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, what you're yeah, looking yeah, at. What yeah, they wrote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah. Um, 
I actually really enjoyed that opening scene, to be honest, just seeing the, the yeah. dark version of the world. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's not really that much in it, really. It's no. not, it's not like, it's not the worst film. I'm, I'm really, no. wish, I'm really struggling to find too much to talk about this movie, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I would skip the anything to change or cut. Like, no. I mean, I think, it's just, you, know what, I, you, you leave it as is. Like, it, it is what it is. And that's, that's all there is to it. I think that anything, you know, to change or cut. I would say there's not really much you could do with this movie as it is. Leave it as yeah. it is. It is a terrible movie, but it is kind of funny. It's yeah, it's. To... I enjoyed it. It's a really bad film, but I actually enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. I think if I was to have gone back to 1986 and say, okay, we're going to make this movie, I would have made it animated, but I would have tried to, for the time, maybe this is my own knowledge, I would have tried to make it adult animated. So. Mm. Would have been a risk in the early 80s to have done that. But I yeah. think if they'd have done that, you could have seen far more success, I think, <laughs> the duck. So I don't know if the 80s would have been ready for, you know. Okay, did this come out before or after He-Man? What year was He-Man? Uh, the year before, year before. Okay, He-Man was 87 and this was 86. Yeah. I mean, they just seem like they were right on par with each other. The, the visual effects seem very similar. The premise actually seems really similar. Like, it's just... It, it, that's why I felt like it seems like a film of the times. Like it just seems like there was a lot of this kind of stuff happening at that time. So, yeah, I think this probably you can imagine around the round some sort of Hollywood lot just coming up with yeah. bad, bad, cheap property. I imagine it cost them hardly <clears throat> anything to get the rights to Howard the Duck. I, I would love to have known how they went from initial conversation to let's make Howard the Duck. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, but I'm still uh, like shocked that they had a thirty-plus million-dollar budget. Like, I don't see where the budget went. Probably just on. Well, you got to think there's an element <clears throat> of CGI. His travel through and the, the puppets, universe, yeah, and the puppets, yeah. I imagine a lot of it went on his Earth the, and the travel to Earth. A lot of it and, on makeup and, and on um, probably a lot of practical effects, I would think, since they actually had people in a suit, plus they had the puppets. I wonder... I, I, I just kind of like... I, I would love to know how they pitched this movie. No <laughs> <Our> idea. <laughs> like, that just like, you can imagine at the time, or was it just all to do with, oh, the licensing rights were really cheap? I don't know. I mean, I think, um, like... I don't know. It just, I don't know. It, if you, t- when you talk about like changing, if there's anything I would have changed, like I never would have oh. made this film. I'd have made something completely different. Do you know? Okay. So I, I just thought I'd actually bring this up. There's uh, here's a few facts here. So in Europe, this was known as Howard, uh, a new breed of hero rather than in America. It was just called Howard the duck. Uh-huh. Um, and actually it did say that the screenplay was originally intended to be an animated film. Oh, Look at that. Um, but uh, the film production became live action because of a contractual obligation. So, um, oh, okay. This is the f- uh, apparently it's the first attempt at theatrical release since Captain America in 1944. Oh wow! So, so Marvel hadn't had any movies at the cinema for a long time. Okay. Well, thank God they've gotten uh, better. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i don't know yeah look i, I don't like to say hate this film um 
I think it's quite funny. I think it's much more, you know, there's certain films that age badly or. Yeah. I mean, this definitely does not age well. It doesn't age well, but I don't think it's, it's really weird to think that Man Thing came out, you know, 20 years later and this is still. And it still still looks just as shitty. Yeah. Well, well, and and it's better. It's better than Man Thing. So I do think, though, that actors did what they could with what they were given. And I don't hate them for it. Like, I think there are some movies where you think, flipping heck, like Daredevil, Ben Affleck, really just, he went to town on making that movie worse. And <laughs> he doubled down on making it crap. And this film, I do think they did what they could to make this not a bad movie. Yeah. So I I do laugh at Bradley's, <clears throat> but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So what do you rate it? I don't know. Like... I think if it came out now, I probably would give it a zero, a solid yes. zero. Like I yeah. think, I think if this case, if somebody was to make this now, I think it would be a solid B movie. Like it would be, I would be shocked if somebody made this now. This level yeah. of quality, I think, because technology is advanced, I think the budget to make this now would be probably about two million. Um, and I no. I think it would still be. I mean, I think if they're going to make a Howard the Duck now, it's probably still going to cost them like $130 million. No, 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 no. I meant if they made the movie with everything. That oh, they, I see. Know, okay. Like the level of CGI and animatronics that they put in this movie, I think it would cost them equivalent $2 million. If they were to make a decent Howard the Duck movie now, yes, over $100 million. Yeah. I'm just saying if they used the same level <laughs> of quality that was in this movie... Because obviously technology's moved on, but if mm-hmm. they then went and made B movie style practical effects, it would be easily a two million pound film to make. Like it would be really cheap. Um, even in two thousand and five, they could have made a better movie than this. Yeah. So, I think I would have to, like I say, give a rating of that time, and I think I would give it two and a half. Yep, that's what I give it two and a half. But um, yeah, giving uh, I'm giving it a two and a half from the lens of if I had watched this in nineteen eighty six. I remember liking it when it was when when it first came out. Um, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but when I did watch it, yeah, it was prob- probably about seventeen or eighteen or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm struggling with what to say too much about this movie because I don't feel there's that much about it. It's really, it, there's not much to it. There's not. There's, it's a very thin. Movie. Yeah. It, again, there's no real thought required. There's no mystery. There's no. Nothing. It is a sit down and enjoy the show. That's all. Yeah. That's all this film is. No, actually, yeah, do you know that's a good point. There's no mystery. There's no big reveal. Nope. There's no. There's no. There's no tension. There's no build. I mean, they don't do they they don't do any work to drag you along, other than the fact that there is a freaking duck, a walking, talking duck, in in the human world. Like that. That is the draw that pulls you oh. through the rest of the film. Actually, I thought of another moment I really did enjoy in this movie when uh, Beverly takes Howard to the uh, museum or wherever it is and to take to visit Tim to, to Robbins' character, the, the nerdy scientist guy who happens to actually be a janitor. <laughs> uh, and he starts trying to speak to Howard like as if he was Daffy Duck or something. Yes. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I was dying. I was just like, this is so awful. Like, <laughs> oh, man. So, that was um, ridiculous. Like, I, I didn't realize, I, first of all, I didn't know Tim Robbins was in this movie. And then, like, just to have to put up with this character for, for the whole film, I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. He's, like the, he's kind, the worst part of the film, honestly. He's like the kind of character you'd find in American Pie, you know, like the, the annoying guy yeah. who doesn't get laid. Like, yeah. 
Um, or not, he wouldn't even be one of the main American pies. He'd be in like American Pie Band Camp or, or whatever it was, you know. <laughs> American like, Pie 7. So, yeah, <laughs> he'd be in one of those. He wouldn't be in one of the originals yeah. that went to the theatre. Like his kind of character would be, yeah, one of those. So anyway, I'm glad we've watched this. And I, when I, I finished watching this uh, about an hour or two before we started recording, and I actually said i'm glad that we've, we've made our way through a few of the crappy ones yeah so because i'm, I'm ready for some normal like yeah. our our time frame cgi like i'm ready for some good cgi okay so i think actually that's a nice little uh hand over there so we will next week be reviewing shazam the first one so and uh there'll be some much better cgi there right oh yeah yeah uh we're on social media everywhere geeks and niche on instagram facebook and twitter and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Have a good week. Good journey. Bye.